K-A-L-W. And anytime I come in here and I hear somebody been found suitable, I don't care who it is, my soul sing, I dance, just like I danced on the day I got out of prison. Tommy Shakur Ross spent 36 years in prison. Is there anything, Shakur, that you miss about prison? Wow. I miss y'all, man. Mm. It's about the people I left behind. What does it mean to go back into prison as a free man? The DMV don't got nothing on the canteen line, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. 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 Or, or rush hour traffic don't got nothing on the child line. Advice and hope from the other side. It's a new episode of Uncuffed. I'm Hanat Baba, and this is Cross Currents. You can't talk about the KALW podcast Uncuffed without mentioning one of the original producers, Tommy Shakur Ross. Shakur helped start the radio program in San Quentin back in 2012. And over the years, he helped the team produce award-winning stories and podcasts alongside producers at Solano Prison, too. Almost two years ago to the date, he walked out of San Quentin after serving 36 years. So today we bring you a special episode of Uncuffed where Shakur goes back inside both prisons to talk to his fellow producers about adjusting to a new life on the outside. Welcome back to another episode of Uncuffed. I'm Greg Eskridge, and as always, I'm coming to you from the San Quentin side of the program. I got a unique group of cats up here with me today. I'm going to go ahead and start my right. Introduce yourself. Um, this is Brian AC, and I'm glad to be here. This is Juan Haynes, and I'm glad to be a part of Uncuffed. And we have a special guest here today, Mr. Tommy Shakur Ross, back down in the Uncuffed studio. Yeah. You know, minus <laughs> the prison blues. Yeah. 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 Talk to the people. That's score. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, you know, I'm excited to be in here. You know, it's, it's really an honor to come back in here, and, you know, and be amongst people I really care about. You know, just be able to connect with you, look you in your eyes and see the smiles and know that it's real, know that it's genuine. You know, it, it just feels great to be here, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, welcome, well, welcome back. All right, now, for those that don't remember or don't know, Tommy Shakur Ross is one of the founding members of Uncuffed. And today he's coming back as a free man to lend that amazing voice to the program. So, Ross, actually, so, so talk to the people. So how long have you actually been gone, Ross? Man, I've been gone for about a year and a half. I got out in April last year, and here we are going into what? November tomorrow. Man, so you've been gone over a year. Yeah. Does it seem like does it seem like you've been gone a year? Uh yeah. It does feel some some distance. I, I do feel some distance, but I I'm still I still feel connected. So how does it feel to to walk back down into the studio, sitting in front of this microphone? How does that feel, bro? Talk to me. When I see you, I want to hug you, but I can't hug you. Exactly. But I want to hug you because it's so familiar. And it's like almost like 
when the when the yard is down, do do I get down? But I know I don't get down. But it, it's just that sense of familiarity where I'm like, well, I feel a part of the environment, but I'm no longer a part of the environment. If that makes sense, it makes perfect sense. It's, it, 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 I definitely get it. You know, because you know I'm in here every single day, and so I see you every day because I'm looking at this picture of you on the wall that we still have up there yeah. that we took way back like in 2014 somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. So I see you every day, but to see you now outside of those prison blues with a sweater on and some slacks on and a t-shirt with a guest pass. You got a guest <laughs> pass, man. You are a guest in here now. <laughs> How do you go from a resident to a guest, man? Like that, that, that just, that sounds crazy. I know it does, it does. I mean, th but that's just it. Uh, Juan, Ryan. Yeah. You guys, I want you guys to join in on this conversation. You guys <laughs> so, have known, you guys have known Shakur a long time too. Yeah, so um, I was, I remember um, going to a restorative justice meeting, and then you were like, pretty much on your way out. How, how did your transformation in your head? How did that take place? So I, I spent close to 37 years in prison. I'm, you know, one thing I learned is, you know, in math, you round up when it's closer to the top <laughs> as opposed to when it's to the bottom. So I'm going to say 37 years incarcerated. But I can tell you uh, the journey, it was, a, it was a journey from all the way from like day one. You know, I mean, because the things happened in my life was so personal to me, it impacted me in ways that just shook me. Uh, to the core, and, and, and I was forced to change who I was. And so, like, like within that, uh, I wanted to change, but then I don't know what change looked like. But I, I would ultimately say, uh, during that journey, uh, it became the spiritual thing. It, become, it became staying strong mentally, physically, and spiritually, in honor, you know, of my mother and little brother. That was my guide in life. That was like my lighthouse that kept me focused. But but along that journey, you know, Islam, right? You know, different programs here and there. But ultimately, when I got here to San Quentin, when I was able to really do the introspection, you know, go back and just look at, you know, the childhood traumas and take ownership and accountability, you know, for the harm that I caused and understanding what motivated me to commit those crimes, you know? So that was, that was, that was, that was ultimately what I really appreciate because the skills that I learned in here, mm -hmm. I've definitely uh, been put to test out here. Yeah, that was kind of like um, my next question. How did how does that help you today? Uh, some of the expectations, that, you know, or fears that I had, like, you know, prior to getting out were, uh, like, am I going to be able to find employment, housing? Like, what would transportation look like? I'm paroling in Oakland, but I'm from L.A. You know what I mean? So I had these fears. Uh, but none of those fears came to light like it was the exact opposite for all of that except for one thing like i'm gonna I'm call it i'm a, this is a new term because i know you ain't heard this one before car violence mm. Mm. what is that <laughs> man i don't know if you're familiar with insurance and claims but i will tell you that since february of 2023 until right now, I have five open claims, and there's been eight separate incidents with this car. I have a 2023 Kia, right? Forte, right? It's a sporty little car, right? <laughs> I, have to, I have to go from place to place and, and, and have that. It did symbolize freedom for me. 
<laughs> but it's also <laughs> but it's also a car that people break into. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, like in downtown Oakland, my car window uh, on my on, on my driver's side has been broken into three times, right? Uh, my windshield, a couple of weeks after that, was bashed in below my front apartment. So I'm in this victim stance, like I'm feeling like it's really impersonal. You know, you come out and see your your your, 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 uh, your window broken out and people just going and rambling through your stuff. Things came up for me, right? And so I understand what it what it what it what it what it feels to be, you know, uh, uh, victimized, right? I mean, I understand from my childhood, but even to ex- to constantly experience it and then experience something so impersonal as someone bashing in my front windshield, man, I'm gonna tell you. I was in, I was in my emotions when I was like, <sighs> I was feeling it, man. I was ready to some stuff up, but I told myself, but I can't, but I can't. <laughs> I was like, I would this city up, right? I was, that's how I was feeling though. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I was just in it for a while, mm-hmm. but I was aware of what I was feeling. I was aware of what I, what I was expressing, right? And it gave me perspective. Because it's one thing to be in here, to be doing the work, right? And to be able, oh, I know what anger looks like. I know what shame looks like. I know what guilt looks like. And yeah, we got an idea of what it looked like. But (laughs) when was the last time you was really in that? Like in that? Throughout my whole entire sentence, I I was never in that emotion. Yeah. Never. Mm -hmm. So that was that emotion pre-prison that I was dealing with. But I learned how to I learned how to work through that, and so me that's what lets me know that that that, that like the work, you know we know what the work is right. Right. It it really works because I was able to tap into who I am today. I, I didn't act out in violence. I'm gonna tell y'all man, uh, one thing that really resonated with me when I was experiencing this is I did think of y'all. But I mean, think of y'all, think of uh, the people I left behind are still in prison. And I know that, uh, you know, I look at it like, like my success is your success and your success is my success. Here it is. They let me out of prison, you know, after committing some horrible crimes. And I never thought I'd get out. And so, <laughs> God forbid if I was to get out and do something violent, right? Then it would, it would it could possibly close the door to others, you know what I'm saying? So so when I think I think that I that I have a responsibility and obligation. So just being up in here and 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 hearing hearing about the crime out there, seeing the crime on television every day, like has there been a shift in your thought process when it comes to crime and punishment now that you're out? No, it just it just makes me it just makes me sad because I'm telling you, it's, just, it's about the conditions. And I, and I know the conditions, I live the conditions, and then to see the conditions, you know, to be on the other side of it. Because, I mean, it's not about more police. I mean, if anything, it's, it's, it's about more training. When I think about it, you know, if we can address the conditions, then maybe they wouldn't be, we wouldn't have to worry about crime and punishment to that to the extent that we worry about it. Yeah, yeah so, so what do you mean by conditions? Poverty. Poverty. Poverty, homelessness, right? When you look around and you see, it makes no sense where this is supposed to be. What type of country 
right? Yeah. The greatest country in the world, yeah. right? You go through the city, any city, and you see people laying in the streets, laying there. Yeah. Laying there, right? How can you, how can, how can, how can you not feel that? How yeah. can you not? When you go by uh, uh, encampments where, where it was like burnt out, right? Mm -hmm. Is there anything, Shakur, that you miss about prison? Anything that I miss about prison? Wow. I miss y'all, man. Mm. I do. I do. You know, I mean, again, it's about the people I left behind. Mm. Like, I always think, like, because I'm knowing, like, you in, you in here doing the work. Right. And, 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 I, and I tell people like I, I bet my life on it, you know what I mean? Because uh, I know where I come from. And I know the change that I made and I know that I've been given a second chance. And again, I'm not going to blow it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not just thinking about myself because I'm thinking about y'all as well. So when those moments come up, you know, I'm proud of the way that I handled that. Right. But because I'm because because now I see myself as like, yeah, like I am a peacemaker. Like, that's my identity now. You know, I'm not about being violent. You know what I mean? And so, again, like, when things come up, I think, I think of where I come from. Not just myself, but also those that I left behind. Because I want to see y'all out here. And anytime I come in here and I hear somebody been found suitable, I don't care who it is, my soul sing, I dance. Just like I danced on the day I got out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you. So what advice would you give me um, nice. Knowing that I just got found suitable, what would you tell me right now? I would tell you prepare for people coming up to you, asking you for stuff. Uh, prepare for people saying, are you, are, you, are you gone yet? You know, are you still here? Uh, how many more days you got? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can, you can receive that in a way that, okay, okay, I'm, yeah. That can be expected, but I know that I didn't really expect it, and, and sometimes it used to irritate me. But then I, I then I thought about like to be in a position to receive that, you know, is, is a blessing in and of itself, you know. And also, uh, I would say just continue to stay true to who you are, you know, no matter what. Yeah, yeah I want to let you know I really appreciate everything you've done for me um, from the beginning. I know um, your stories would spark my change. So um, I don't know if I can put it into words, but you know how I feel about it. Yeah. So thank you. It's all good. One of the things that I really appreciate is uh, the challenges that we went through, you know, while I was in here. The challenges, you know, challenges are so bad because, you know, you learn and you grow and you're able to like, like, like make amends and be on the other side of the challenges. Just like I was talking about resentments, you know what I'm saying? Those things help us grow. And so I want to say, like, uh, in the past, I don't recall having any issues with either one of y'all. But if there was some challenge that we had in the past, man, I want to say, man, thank you. Thank you for showing up the way that you showed up because the way you showed up inspired me to show up. All right? No matter what way that looked like. Right, right. All right? Yeah, definitely. All right. All right, bro. Thank you. You're, you're officially uncuffed. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. officially, huh? Officially uncuffed, unconfined, undefined, and all man, that. All of oh, that. Man. Everything that has to do with freedom. Man. That's what you are. Man. Okay. I, can't I can't wait for y'all, man, to get out and join me. Absolutely. Now, Shakur, you're on your way to over across the bay, over there to Solano. 
You gonna check in with the guys over there? Yep, gonna see what Solano's talking about. Solano uncuffed. Here I come. All right, this is Uncuffed from the Solano side. And this is Brian Mazin. And I'm uh, joined by... Anthony Stick Talk Ivy. This is Jay Evans from the Heavens, baby. And we are joined by a very special guest, Tommy Shakur Ross, San Quentin, alumni Uncuffed. But today I'm on the Solano side of Uncuffed. Well, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor. It's, it's a humbling experience. It's just been an amazing journey. Like when I got out, I thought that I would have difficulty, you know, uh, finding work. I thought that, you know, there'd be this this stigma about me being a criminal and not being able to connect with people in the community. Uh, yeah, so there were some challenges initially that I thought, but when I got out, I didn't experience any of that. I'd already put together, uh, you know, a community of support, and I didn't have any problems finding work. Uh, today, I actually hold down four jobs. Four jobs. Now, why don't you tell me what those are? <laughs> well, I have a full-time job where I work for GRIP, God and Rage and the Power. And I go back into the prisons. I go back into San Quentin and Solano Prison. And uh, I also have a job with R-Joy, Restorative Justice for Oakland Youth, where uh, I do a formerly incarcerated circle on Mondays. And I also do work with Uncuffed. I feel really fortunate because I'm a part of a guaranteed income program where 35 formerly incarcerated people get $1,000 a month for a year, and then for additional six months, we'd be given $500. But in terms of uh, the work, I can tell you, it does get real. So, I, so I'm, I'm just now coming up on tax season. I don't know what that's going to look like, <laughs> but, I, I, but I'm going to tell you, I, I got know some anxiety. <laughs> It'd be ugly. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to come back to prison for tax evasion. I can tell you that. <laughs> there will definitely be some garnishments. <laughs> I can tell you uh, one of the things that, that, that I really appreciate when I got out was when I, when I got my first check. When I was able to look in my phone, in the, in my, in, in, in the app that I have for my credit user, my bank, and see that the, that the money had been deposited. I had a plan when I got out that, yeah, I want to focus on uh, housing. I want to focus on employment. And I can also say that the one thing like that was in my plans that I uh, didn't do until later was medical. Go get my medical set up, you know. And and I was kind of slow at getting that done, but I mm. eventually got it done. First, that should be first. Right? <laughs> yeah, I had it. I had it. I had it is, is one of the things I wanted to do first. But what? But another thing is I'm finding that uh, in terms of uh, transitioning back into society, I have to, like, scaffold the things that I do, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It's like I have to focus on, like, like, I'm not in any committed relationship right now. Relationships is not uh, a priority in my life, right? I mean, not, uh, uh, I'm talking about romantic or intimate relationships. And so uh, I'm not focused on that. I'm, I'm focused on like, like being a successful reentry into society. I'm focused on saving my money so I can buy a house. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that I'm focusing on now as opposed to like a relationship. Yeah, a relationship putting that first would be kind of put a, uh put everything else on hold, kind of. What was it like uh, working this new infrastructure 
out there as far as computer skills and, and communication skills and, and certain aspects of it. Okay. What was that like? Well, I can tell you, technology is still something that uh, I find to be challenging because now they have hybrid meetings where, you know, you can meet on the Zoom, Google Meet, or you can meet in the office twice a week or something like that, right? And so what that requires is learning how to uh, set up the, the Zoom app or the Google Meet app, you know, and things of that nature. So technology is, is, a, really, is a really huge thing that has been really challenging for me. Like they have Google Docs. All right, Stick Talk here. I was wondering, when you got out, the first couple of weeks, did you have any, like, nervous breakdowns, anxiety? Well, I sort of had things lined up. Like, you know, I had job offers prior to me getting out of prison. So I felt, I felt, you know, I was, I, I felt I was coming out uh, from a place of empowerment. Like, for instance, I had a, a circle of support and accountability team, which mean that I had 20 people sign contracts saying that they would meet with me twice a month for the first six months and then once a month for an additional six months. But it turns out I only needed them for 10 months. So I had uh, visions and goals prior to me coming out of prison that I just went into. And that just showed me that if you stick to, uh, you know, the plans that you have, if they're realistic and you follow through with them, success. Shakur, I was uh, wondering, you know, being in prison for so long, people get institutionalized and there's, there's habits you pick up and there's mores you live by and, and whatnot. And tell me, was there any residuals uh, uh, that affected you when you got out, when, uh, when you're living the, the life out in public or certain ways you've seen things or done things that you could maybe point something out to us? You know, one of the things that really stands out to me about that is the thought process. The thought process remains the same. Like, I'm just, ain't nothing changed but the clothes. So you looking at me now, I'm not wearing blue. You know, uh, the thought process is still the same. And I think I can, I think I can give you uh, an example, an ideal that you can relate to. Because what it, what it boils down to is how do you utilize the tools or the coping skills, you know, that I learned on the inside. And to sum it up in a way that I think that you can understand is, uh, let me say, the DMV don't got nothing on the canteen line, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right, right, right. Or, or rush hour traffic don't got nothing on the child line. Right. So to give you an idea, uh, based on being in, inside a prison and having an opportunity to really uh, do the work, and uh, learning how to utilize the, the coping skills and the tools that I had on the inside, I'm able to use them on the outside. And I can tell you, the world is a much better place when I think about the formerly incarcerated crowd, just in general. Like, if, 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 if we're going to an event or something, it's just, it's just the chill way. Like, you'll see, it's hard to describe. But I can tell you, like, everybody in the room is chill with their families, and we're just there. We're just having a good time. Everyone's dressed good. Everyone is uh, being successful for all intents and purposes. You doing all these jobs, do you ever get exhausted? Well, let me say this. 
the reason I'm capable of holding down all these jobs is based on me being incarcerated and holding down all those programs on the inside. I mean, and, and I was involved in so many different groups. And not to mention the uh, lunch, the radio program in 2012 that metamorphosed into Ear Hustle and Uncuffed. So I can tell y'all, self-care is really prominent in my life. On Sundays, I have what is called a self-care Sunday. And what that means is, and it's like a, I can push the reset button every week. Shakur, I would like to thank you for coming in and sharing everything with us today. It's really good to see you in civilian clothing, and uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. It was an honor uh, having an opportunity to come in on the Solano side of Uncut. Yeah, man, I'm glad you came through and, uh, you know, dropped some game on us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you as well, my brother. I'm in the process of writing out my own parole plans. And uh, you definitely gave me more things to think about. And I appreciate you. Stay strong out there. That excerpt from the Uncuffed podcast was made by the crew at San Quentin State and Solano State Prisons. Greg Eskridge, Ryan Pagan, Steve Brooks, Brian A.C., Juan Haynes, Anthony Carvalho, Timothy Hicks, Brian Mazza, B.F. Thames, Anthony Ivey, and Jay Evans. Our work in prisons is supported by the California Arts Council and the Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. The producers fact-check content to the best of their ability, and all content is approved by an information officer. Hear more by subscribing to Uncuffed on your podcast player. Tune in tomorrow morning at 11 for a conversation about San Francisco's rich history of poetry. I didn't understand what I was reading. I read Howell, but it was the language. It was so electrifying. Bay Area Poets, then, now, and forever. Tomorrow morning at 11. Today's Cross Currents team includes Sandra Halliday, Alastair Boone, James Rollins, Ganadijo Johnson, Victor Tense, Shireen Adil, Lisa Morehouse, Marissa Ortega-Welch, Sunni Khalid, Angela Johnston, and Ben Trefney. Our opening theme music is by the John Santos Quintet as interpreted by Daoud Anthony. For Cross Currents, I'm Hanat Baba. <laughs> <laughs>